What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Scotty Talks NBA. I am back tonight uh, with my regular co-host from Turf Talk. Uh, he is joining me to talk some Sixers tonight, and that is Dylan Davis. Make sure, if you're not already, give Dylan a follow on, twi- on Twitter, at DylanJV. 98. Yeah, that's a new app we're coming out. I don't out know what that is, but I'm down. I'm down. Mixed with uh, you know, what is it? The Triller or the the Thriller app, Triller? Yeah. Whatever yeah, hosts thriller. the fights and we'll we'll mix it with Twitter and call it to mm-hmm. the the Twiller app and uh it was it was originally designed by DSM Media. There you go. Not not sure of the purpose yet, but we're going to repurpose no. it and really come out with the I don't app. know if I don't know if we over <laughs> here at DSM Media have the brain power to uh <laughs> to create an app of any sort. So, we'll Stay posted for that. Oh, silly you, Dylan. We we have the power to do anything we put our minds to, and that is that is a proven fact here with DSM Media. Which, um, good good starting point. Make sure if you're not already subscribed to DSM Media on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, turn the notifications on so you're notified every time we go live. And uh, of course, make sure you're following me at Scotty Drowned on Twitter, and then of course, make sure you're following DSM Media at dsm underscore media on twitter um before we get started obviously we got some housekeeping today we got a huge huge giveaway going on and uh i know this is a sixers this is an nba show but we're going to talk a little bit of eagles because it is that time in philadelphia where the eagles are actually at the beginning of their playoff run um so we're real excited over here at dsm media as a philly-based uh content creating company to give away some Eagles gear for the upcoming playoff matchup with the Bucks on Sunday. Um, so right here we'll start. This is for our DSM Media TikTok account. Um, so if you go over to TikTok, follow at DSM Media, and then uh, find this post with this graphic. You'll see it pinned right at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. You comment, do something major on this graphic, and then you like the video. We will get you entered in to win a Devontae Smith black alternate jersey as well as a Devontae Smith framed picture. And I do want to throw out there, um, my 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 buddy here, Dylan, definitely tweeted it out earlier from the DSM Twitter page. Tonight only. Tonight. If you go and follow these instructions, you will be entered in to win these items two times. So your name will be entered into each drawing twice. And it is important to uh, you know let everybody know for clarity – all of these giveaways are separate, so there will be separate winners picked for each uh, each item down the line. Now, for the TikTok giveaway here, you will receive both of these items, so yeah. I just want to make cl- that clear. One winner, both of these items. Um, so make sure you head over to TikTok, follow at DSM Media, comment, do something major, and like the video. And then over on YouTube... We got another giveaway going on. Uh, we have the 2021 Eagles playoffs t-shirt. So we're getting ready for the playoffs to start this weekend. Get right on down with the groove and get this playoff t-shirt. Make sure you're getting entered in to win this. By by doing this, all you need to do is subscribe to DSM Media on YouTube. Comment, do something major on any one of the videos. We will find it. We will get you entered in. And uh, like like this specific video that we're talking about right now. So like the video, comment, do something major, and we will find you. Um, and then obviously subscribe to the YouTube page. Once again, this equals two entries. So make mm-hmm. sure you're subscribing to the DSM Media YouTube page. 
And then finally, for all of our Twitter people, um, if you if you only function on Twitter, that's fine. We got you covered. Uh, make sure you head over to Twitter. Follow DSM underscore media. Make sure you find the post that is pinned at the top of the page and comment, do something major, hashtag it um, right in the comment section. And then, of course, retweet it so you can get other Eagles fans involved. That's the main goal of this. We're trying to bring the Eagles community together. We're gathering you right here on DSM Media. We got you covered with all the Philly content. And we want you guys to get engaged with each other, not only us, but each other, as we get ready for this huge playoff run for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, dude, it's huge. And this one might be my favorite right here, these two T-shirts. Yeah. Um, the Brian Dawkins tie-dye Mitchell and Ness T-shirt and the Randall tie-dye Cunningham. Uh, the Randall Cunningham tie-dye Mitchell and Ness T-shirt. Guys, it's, it's that simple. We're not like yeah. – all we're trying to do is give back to you guys who follow us and interact with us and, and support us. Um, and by doing so, you know, we're trying to grow our brand as well, just um, get a couple, you know, more followers on each platform and, and grow each day. So all you have to do is hit a, a few buttons. Follow, comment, and retweet, and you're entered twice tonight to win each one of these giveaways. And I think something that's important, too, is if you win one, like, like let's say we raffle off the YouTube, the playoff t-shirt first, yeah. your name does not get taken out of the others if you're if you're qualified for the others already. So exactly. just because you won the first doesn't mean, oh, you don't have a chance to win the jersey. You could potentially, you know, it's randomized, but potentially walk away with more uh, than one giveaway as well. Um, I think one quick note that we were talking about earlier, Scotty, yeah. is um, the date. I think we're oh, going yes, to cool. postpone that January 14th date that you see down there that's set for Friday. I think we're going to move it to Sunday. This yeah. Sunday, Turf Talk Live, 10 a.m. here on DSM Media, the biggest Eagles pregame show of the year that we want to get you guys involved in. We will raffle off these winners that morning to build the excitement for the Eagles box playoff game a little bit more. Yes, sir. And I, I think that's a good point to note out. Um, obviously, the 16th of January is going to be the official giveaway date. So we will get the graphic updated as well. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to extend the time, give more people an opportunity to get involved. As I mentioned, we want to get you all to not only engage with DSM Media. Obviously, our goal here is a content creating company. We want as many eyes on it as we can get um, because we have great stuff to give out. We have great knowledge to give out and we have great ways of getting fans involved. But we also want you to get engaged with yourself. If we can get everybody in one spot and on these social media platforms, then all we're going to have is engagement from across the board in the Philadelphia community. So, um, you know, it, it's a good point to note out. We are extending that date to the 16th. Um, another side note is if you're not, you know, if you're not an Eagles fan, whatever the case may be, this isn't an Eagles only show. This isn't an Eagles only, you know, content creating company. We do cover the NFL. We cover the NBA across the board. Um, so stay tuned, stay tuned for other giveaways, right? It won't always be, uh, you know, based around the Philadelphia teams, although we are Philly centric here. So, um, definitely some, some good side notes there, but let's get down to business tonight, Dylan. We're, we're going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk some Sixers and, uh, I think good, another good side note before I move on, um, we will be doing Sixers giveaways as well. So that's another, you know, thing to look forward to. Uh, NBA tickets, Sixers tickets. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out for those type of giveaways as well. Another reason to subscribe to DSM Media. But we had the Sixers taking on the Houston Rockets last night in Houston. Um, the Sixers were looking to get their seventh straight win. 
Um, Embiid obviously looking to continue his dominance that he's shown over the last few games. Um, Dylan, initial thoughts as we as we start to dive into the Sixers tonight. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this game and, and any takeaways? The my initial thought on this particular game against Houston is kind of the tr- it goes along with the trend of the last few games we've seen against shorthanded teams like the Spurs or the Rockets before or the Magic. Um, and it's that they're no longer allowing these lesser talented teams, these shorthanded teams, stick around with them late into games. They're kind of putting a fork in these teams early as they did last night to Houston. Houston stuck around for like the first six minutes. And then all of a sudden it was like a 12.6er lead, 14.6er lead. And the game was kind of just taken from there. But the the biggest talking point that I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on tonight is Joel Embiid. Yeah. Scotty, he, he's playing at a point, he's playing at a level right now and last night where he's no longer allowing bad teams to beat the Sixers. Yeah. Like he, him alone, he is so dominant right now. He's no longer allowing that to happen. And that's something you and I talked about um, before, kind of like his energy level being down, yeah. um, you know, not as engaged on certain nights against lesser talented teams or on the road. He's not doing that anymore. Um, he's putting his foot on the gas early and he's not letting up, obviously tied his career high, um, with, or season high, whatever it was last night with 17 points in the first quarter, most points in any, in a single quarter, uh, for Joel Embiid tied that. So he is, he's super dominant right now. Um, and that's the biggest thing. That's the only, you know, that's, that's where the eyes go in a win like this. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're 100% correct. And uh, just to be clear, obviously Embiid, he's he's been on a on a tear lately. Seven consecutive games with thirty plus points, um, and nine consecutive road games with thirty plus points. So that's another thing to to point out there as well. He's dominating on the road, where obviously his team needs him to perform well. So um, it's it's over the top impressive as always. Um, something that I wanted to point out. Well, before I get into what I wanted to point out, Daniel Tice. I mean, this guy. <laughs> He just has a knack for getting dominated and embarrassed by Embiid, and I, mean, I don't come know, on, man. I don't know why it happens. I don't come I, on. I don't know what he did to Embiid, but uh, this man just attacks him from the jump every time they face up. Yeah, dude. Like, and again, that goes back to the mentality thing. Like, you would see yeah, Joel and right. the Sixers team kind of just let lesser talented guys and lesser talented teams stick around. Yeah, Daniel Tice can't guard you, dude. Yeah. Stop deferring to Toby. Stop deferring to Maxie. I know he didn't play last night and Seth didn't play last night, but yeah. stop deferring. Put your foot on the gas early, and that's exactly what he did. Like Daniel Tice can't guard Joel Embiid on any level of the floor. He can't guard him out the three-point line. He'll take him off the dribble. He can't guard him in the mid-range. He'll shoot over him and draw contact. He can't guard him in the post because he'll draw contact and finish over him. Like He can't guard him in any level of the yeah. game, and not many. No one can. And I think that's something that, not that it's just starting to click. I think Joel Embiid has always known that, but something you're seeing more and more. Like you talked to like the last seven games, last nine games. Scotty, yeah. over his last 10 games, his worst stat line is 23 and 10. <laughs> Besides those 23 points, his lowest, you know, point total for a night is 31 in his that's last 10 insane. games. It's that's ridiculous. Insane. But yeah, poor Daniel Tice, dude. All right. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. Is this like and take it with a grain of salt because Embiid is a highly confident guy. 
Is this the most confident and in shape that yep. you've seen Embiid yep. in his entire yep. career? Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. I'll say it over and over again. Yep. 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 <laughs> like he looks that dominant, and I love the conversation that we continue to have. Like. You look back on the numbers of last year, the MVP-type numbers. If he doesn't miss so many games, he wins the MVP. Yeah. But the Sixers were also the one seed, right? Yeah. This year, he was putting up a little less, you know, in the in the statistics um, per night. And he wasn't shooting well, but the Sixers were struggling. So he's not getting that acknowledgement. This stretch is the most dominant stretch of Joel Embiid's entire career. He is more dominant. He is playing at a higher level right now than he ever did at any stretch last season in an MVP runner-up type season. Yeah, That says a ton. Yes, he's in shape. He probably the best shape of his life. And he's uber confident right now because yeah. he's doing things. Scotty, he's playing point center. He's bringing the ball up. He just had a freaking triple-double the other night. Like, he... His assist numbers are better. A behind-the-back feed to cutting Matisse Thibel for a slam. Like, he's doing things I've literally never seen before. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. And that's that's why I brought it up because the confidence thing, it it shows in so many levels on the court and off exactly. the court. Exactly. Like, let me ask you what I just pointed out. You think he throws that behind-the-back pass, that no-look yeah, feed to no. Thibel if, if he's not as confident as ever? No way in hell. No. And, and mind you, he tried it again yesterday, last night, and he threw it straight out of bounds. But, <laughs> hey, I, 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 it's going to happen when you're trying yeah. to, you know, be be fancy with the ball and, and do these uh, particular passes. But he, the fact that he's able to do that and he's confident enough to do that. And, you know, something that was pointed out last night uh, during the broadcast was that, you know, he's been studying, like, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Exactly. So, trying to pick up on, like, their ball handling skills. I was Which just going insane. to bring this up. It's insane, bro. Exactly. So like, shout out, shout out to our dude Brock. Yeah, real quick because no, he no, does great. a great job with these, you know, Sixer Embiid breakdowns and comparing him to uh, previous players. The thing that he's highlighting right now about Joel Embiid, he had a video out today mm-hmm. on his Twitter um, at Landis Brock. Embiid isn't just studying and you know doing things like we've seen other great big men do he's not he's not yeah. just like kareem like elijah on like you know he's not just doing things previous great centers had done scotty he's taking moves out of mike's book yeah. out of out of kobe's book right like he's taking pages out of like shooting guards some of the best scores ever putting the ball on the floor back to the basket you know crossover fade away off of one foot in the corner splash over a defender he's seven feet tall <laughs> that should not happen it's 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 honestly you know i i put a tic-tac a tiktoker out tic-tac. earlier today tic-tac oh my god i put a tiktok out earlier today and uh you know it was just expressing my gratitude for mb because honestly i do i i think he's the most dominant player on the planet right now and, uh, you know, I know a ton of people will argue about that. They'll, they'll say that we're being biased in Philly. But I'm telling you, you watch this guy on a night-in, night-out basis, you really see what we're talking about. And you, and you have to watch it. You can't just peek at the box score. The box mm-hmm. score doesn't show everything. Embiid, he put up 31 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists last night. He only played three quarters. 
He didn't play the entire fourth quarter last night, and he put up that stat line. So this is the type of stuff you can't you can't see that by looking at the box score. You no. gotta watch the and game and see what he's doing. Because like you said, he comes out the gate, and it's the confidence that we're speaking on. He comes out, he knows exactly what he's going to do to these guys, and he takes he he actually it's it's not that he knows what he's going to do. It's that he has an answer for everything that they throw yep. at him. And now that he's yep. adding this passing ability, he's he's literally unstoppable. Yeah, and he's cutting in the right area as the dunker spot. Matisse is getting more comfortable. It's it's unstoppable. And, and also something that Gintz pointed out a lot on the show that I love is he's doing more than he's ever done on the defensive side of the floor, too, yeah. obviously, because 2-5 is not there. Yeah. He's having to do more, right? That just that just you know shows his, um, you know his energy level. That just shows where he's at physically right now. Um, but another thing, Scotty, his leadership it, it has grown this year as well. Yeah, I think I think we all do right now. Yeah, I just wanted to welcome Chris yeah. to the party because on? yeah, we're we're all enjoying. Yeah, our- we're <laughs> all on that boat, but um. <laughs> The thing, like, I love his leadership this year, too. Like, seeing that he has to step up. And you saw how he was joking with Maxie, but I'm sure he was actually yeah. getting on Maxie before. Maxie responds. He's messing with them at the press conference. Yeah. Like, he wants more out of Maxie. Thibel, he's openly come out and talked to Thibel about being more active. Shooting when you're open. Shoot yeah. the three. Well, like, he's his leadership is at an all-time high right now. Yeah. Um, and he's not just doing it through words. He's doing it through action on the floor. One hundred percent, and that that's a that's another great point because you mentioned the Matisse uh, comments after the previous game, and uh, once again, it just exemplifies uh, Joel Embiid's growth as a as a leader, his confidence, and uh, what, like you said, he calls him out for not shooting the open threes. What's Matisse go out there and do last mm-hmm. night? He he shoots a, a season high five attempts from three point line, and he made two out of five, which is right. And what's exactly that telling what you? See. That's telling you that his message is getting across to exactly. these other guys as well. It's not just you know, he it's not just blank words. He's saying something and no one and they're not doing anything about it. His message is getting crossed, yeah. received. I'm going to go and do that. And I, and I also think you know it, it partly tells Daryl Morey as well, right? Like it lets the Sixers organization know that Embiid now knows what everybody else is like when you start your career as a professional athlete, mm-hmm. you start worrying about yourself. You got to make sure you're in the right spots. You make sure that you're doing your job right. at that time. Now Embiid is branching out as a leader right. and he's taking responsibility sure for other, other guys people's are in their spot. Exactly. So he's, he's starting to let everybody in the building know exactly what Embiid thinks this team needs to win and what has he done other than prove that that's what this team needs to win because he you know, can legit carry this team. It, it's, it's wild to watch. You know, what's impressive over, over this streak that he's on right now, over the stretch that, that Joel Embiid's on Scotty is it's not just like blank statistics. It's not just like wow moments each night. It's not just, you know, huge numbers. Yeah. They're resulting in W's. I know the yeah. schedule has eased up over the last seven. That's the biggest thing. With the with the big win in Brooklyn over the Nets, right? But their result, they're taking care of business on yeah. his dominant play. It's not, oh, Embiid gave me 35 and 15, but we lost. Yeah. 
no. or an overtime game, right? Yeah, like he's yeah, like he's dominating, that. and they're coming coming away with wins. And a team that was you know sitting in that seven, eight, nine seed before, oh, they're going to be a playing team this year. They don't make a move for Ben Simmons with Ben Simmons. Yeah. Well, that team is now two games out of second place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, because of him. Exactly. Like I think I think that's the biggest thing, right? I'm sure we're going to talk about this stretch, but like other guys have stepped up. Tobias Harris has kind of gotten a little bit. He, he you know he's starting to to turn the corner. He's starting to come back around from that big slump that he was in. Yeah. You know, Mitzi Stiebel is doing a little bit more offensively. Furkan's not ice cold, right? Like right. Furkan's shooting the ball better right now. Drummond and Niang are still contributing. But it's eighty-five percent on the shoulders of Joel Embiid right now. Yeah, that this win streak is occurring. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, you know, I obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the Ben Simmons thing. So you know, just stick with us here, Chris. We are gonna touch on the Ben Simmons rumors recently. Um, who is your favorite player? I mean, it Joel Embiid. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, Tyrese Maxey has worked his way up there. I do love the kid, but I mean, when we're talking from flat out. I, I've been with this guy for years. Joel's now. my favorite athlete in the city right now. Yeah, that's favorite athlete. Like, in the I city. love I Bryce Harper. I love, love, love Bryce Harper. Joel Embiid's my favorite Philadelphia athlete. Yeah, I, I would have to one hundred percent agree. Like just off the top, there's there's nobody that matches like the not only the talent. Like yeah. we can talk about you know Embiid versus Harper talent to each mm-hmm. sport, whatever the case may be, but character as well. And and Harper has a great attitude as well. He embraces yeah. Philly. He's just not as outspoken as Embiid. Embiid is funny. He's got, like, the whole character going on. And he gets Philly, and that's what it comes down to. But that is an interesting conversation that maybe we can, like, draw a vote on. Like, who who do Philly fans like more? Because, like, I think it would be the consensus, Bryce Harper and and Joel Embiid. You know who I guarantee finds his way in that conversation? If you put that tweet out. Jason Kelsey would get 900 tweets. Ah, yeah. 900 tweets. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, that's it's a conversation. So I don't know. That's something interesting. Maybe we'll get into that in the offseason of these sports and stuff. But um, no, that, that would definitely have to be our favorite player. I think we can both agree on that and, and maybe the best player in, in the Philadelphia area right now. But um, I did want to – well, before we move to, to, to Tobias, I did want to touch on Embiid. Um, currently fifth in the league in scoring right now, 27 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game, which is ninth. And uh, he also has a 29.64 PER, um, which is actually third in the NBA, which that has a lot to do with just usage, stuff like that. Um, so he's, I mean, he, he's killing it. He's top 10 in almost all of his statistics. Um, and then on top of that, in the month of January, he's averaging 6.8 assists per game. So, Talk about by the way. By the way, don't forget the clutch numbers. Yes, leads the league in clutch points by a mile. <laughs> like it's not close. He's, he's first. The next person's off by about forty points. So it, it is pretty amazing That's why, dude, what he's, he's doing, so man. So different, man. Yeah. Like he's in a you. You always hear the conversation, and I won't argue it. Like we haven't won a championship yet with Joel Embiid as the focal point, right? So. Right. You know, the argument of you can't win, like, you can't win a championship with your best player being a center, with your finisher being a center. You're not wrong. As of right now, we haven't seen that theory, you know, disproven. Right. But in a league that is so guard-driven, three-point, you know, the league's changing, right? <laughs> the seven-foot monster averages 27, 11, and, like, six. <laughs> like, what? He's so different, dude. 
And it's and you know I know I know people will point to Jokic, and, but they're just two different they're two different phenomenons. And Jokic is a phenomenon in himself, right? Yeah. He has his own qualities that makes him different from Embiid. They're just two different. They play two different styles of basketball. And mm-hmm. Embiid is really really bringing in on this passing side of his game, and that's that's going to be what really takes him to the next level. And I think we're all realizing that now as we start to see him form it. Um, just being able to pass out of double teams, it's it's going to make this team that much better. Yep. And uh, I, I don't think there's much more we can say about Embiid. Um, this team goes how he goes, and it's as simple as that. Just to uh, point to some of the other guys from last night, obviously Tobias Harris, you mentioned him. Um, he's been better of late. Last night wasn't great, but he also wasn't required. As, as we said, this game was over by the end of the third. He wasn't required to do too much. 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. Um in January, Tobias Harris, 47.6% from the field, 28.6% from three-point. That's where he's obviously got to improve. He's, one, got to take more three-pointers, mm. and two, he has to hit them. I mean, that's that's going to be the difference. Until he, <laughs> start, until he gets over that 30 to 35% mark at three-point, he's going to get chewed out by fans. That's just going to be the way it yeah. is. Listen, I'm not here to bash Toby. Um, if I had one criticism from last night, uh, it's Tobias Harris needs to stop pulling out from deep off the dribble. Off the um, dribble, yeah. Because I agree. because every time he does, and he did it again last night, straight off the bat, it is a missile. <laughs> it An was absolute <laughs> piss missile. I saw it dude. missing every inch of the rim, right off the glass, back the other way. <laughs> I want Toby to shoot threes. He needs to knock down threes. Stop doing it off the dribble because you just see his moment. Scotty is everything's off when he does it. Like when when Toby pulls up from beyond the arc off the dribble, he like he in his he jumper he leans forward. Yeah. Like he, in air, he leans forward. He like pushes the ball rather than raising up and letting it fly. It, you know, if he caught it off the pass and put it up, like it, just watch it. Like if I can find a clip, I'll send it to you. Off the dribble and no, like his body, his body goes this way instead of straight up like it's weird dude and every time yeah. piss missile off the backboard I, I i specifically saw the first one um and i think <laughs> it was the first three he took in the game and <laughs> he was on a fast break you're like oh let's go oh no 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 pull it he tries to pull like a uh like a danny green pull which yes. i can't stand what danny yeah. does it let alone yeah. Tobias. he tries to do like one of those pull up on the fast break three yes. from the side and and that shit went straight like like the it's coming from this angle on my mic and it went over, over the, rim. the top of the mic mm-hmm. and and hit the backboard and just straight yeah. back to the other side of the court like yeah I, I'm with you Tobias he, that's that's always been his thing though he he needs to pick his shots better it's 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 as simple as it is and that's why his efficiency's down he's got to pick his but shots hey, listen better. I'll take that if that means that he's making quicker decisions right like yeah that's a quick decision he made the result wasn't there. That's fine. As long as he continues that decision-making process throughout the rest of his game, right? Because that's what Doc tried to get out of him last year. You heard that. Quick decisions. Quick decisions. Like, no holding on to the ball. He doesn't want Toby and ISO. Dribble, 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 dribble. Shot clock, go. You know what I mean? Like, it's Toby. One, two, three seconds. Pass or or go, right? Like, um, and if he does that in the rest of his game, I'm all for it. But yeah. I would love to cut that part out of, his, 100%. out of his repertoire. I And, you know, something else to point out about Tobias and, you know, just to be fair to him, because I, I think it's something that's not getting talked about much. 
and maybe it's because it's not blowing his previous numbers out, but it just seems like he's playing a lot harder defensively. He's going after boards a lot more. He he facilitates a lot better. Like on the fast break, you'll see him make some mm-hmm. some nice passes. The pick and roll with him and Andre Drummond in that second unit is really nice. Uh, they got really good chemistry there. So he has stuff to build off of from recent play. We do have to see him be effective because right, he was he was great against the Spurs and he was great against the Magic. Mm-hmm. He needs to be great against the Celtics on Friday. He needs to be right. great against the Heat later on this month. He needs to be great against those good teams. Mm-hmm. That's where we need him. It was great to see it against these these lesser teams, and it's great to get him back on track, but we need to see it against these better teams in order to believe it. Um, you mentioned Korkmaz. He had a, a decent night last night, shot 50% from the field, 50% from three, 12 points. Matisse, we already talked about him. He got into double figures. Drummond, 13 points, 10 rebounds, giving us quality minutes. He's, He's looked great man, since bro. returning. He's the man. I He's mean, great. Every year, like you, you, you get that the, over the last two or three years, you get that backup big, and you're like, all right, this is the best center Joel Embiid's ever had behind right. him. This is the best center Joel Embiid's ever had behind him. No, this is quite literally the best center at the up to this point of his career that Joel Embiid has ever had backing him up. Yeah. The dude just comes in off the bench and just gives you an easy double double. Like he's on the glass. Like we love Dwight. Why? Because he was on. He controlled the boards. Right. Control Drummond board. controls the boards even more. And he can do a little bit more offensively. And he's more yeah. engaged in the – he's more of a weapon offensively. Yeah. Like Dwight out there, unless Dwight's catching a lob, forget about it. Yeah, no, Drummond can Drummond can do some things okay Um, in a half-court set. He's effective in the pick and roll. He can catch lobs just like Dwight could, right? So I do really, really like uh, yeah. Andre Drummond. It's been one of the better signings. And what did Niang post last night? He did, did he play a lot last night? He played. He didn't. He didn't do much. He was. A, it seemed like he was having a little bit of a rough time. Cause yeah. But, so Niang is funny because you know he, I love don't get me wrong. He's he's been a great addition and he's gonna really come in handy in the playoffs because he mm-hmm. brings like a toughness and IQ that this team just hasn't had in recent years. But last night it's these certain matchups because Houston is like this young, athletic, lengthy team. Mm-hmm. That's no good for Niang, right? <laughs> like he needs he needs those teams that are going to focus on Joel. They're going to play him, you know, double team him, mm-hmm. feed off of that. Not but sure. uh, last night Niang was trying to go one on one a little bit. <laughs> he was getting he's getting thrown around by those uh, young guys. He don't back down, bro. He doesn't back down. That's what you love about him, though. Niang's been great. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know what his number his stat line was last night, but my opinion, he always brings a positive effect. The thing about <laughs> Niang, right? He always hits a shot. When you think things like if things are going sideways, like the Sixers are about to give up a lead, who hits the shot that gives yeah. that pushes them back over that hump? Yeah. Niang. If right. they're about to go into a stretch where if they don't get this bucket, yeah, this game's over. Right. Niang hits a three, brings them right back into it. He's done this so many times this season, and uh, it's it's a it's just such a relief to have somebody like that coming off the bench, man. Are we going to talk <laughs> about the? Uh... The Charlie Brown Jr. contract. <laughs> hey, pretty soon. I mean, if, if Matisse continues to operate in that dunker spot like he is, he's looking better than Ben Simmons on the offensive end. He's looking better than Ben Simmons against the Hawks. <laughs> I thought Chris. Ba- I thought Chris Bosh was gonna was gonna comment this. Oh yeah, what's up with that? Did he change <laughs> that's, his name? That's, that's his Twitch account, I think. Oh, Chris, okay. Chris Bosch for Chris Bosch. If you're in the chat, let us know. <laughs> no, but Char- Charlie Brown got signed to Charlie. a uh, 
I know. I said Charlie. Why can I like the side sidebar here? Yeah. Why? Why do older people say that? My grandfather says it. Charlie. No. No, the R didn't fall. I don't know off. why it came out of my mouth. <laughs> but you've heard that before, right? Yeah, like my grandpa says, heard it. Charlie oh, my Grant? cousin. Yeah, my cousin Charlie. <laughs> no, no, there's an R in there somewhere. There's an R. Hey, it's we like got we... Hall of Famer Chris Bosch. There we go. In. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome or, to the show, Chris. The best is I'll see you Sunday. Monday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> All right. I guess. I mean, I think there's a vowel missing somewhere at the end of that word, but sure. Yeah, Charlie Charlie Brown Jr. What a what a name and and what a hairstyle, right? But um, they did they did sign him to a two way contract, which he, he does bring some length. He he brings some energy, which right now is great. Obviously, you know he's not going to get a ton of playing time once uh you know Tyrese Seth was out last night. Can, can I let you in on a little secret? <laughs> he's ahead. not going to get any playing time. Yeah, any time is better better for him there. <laughs> when those guys go back. Yeah, and I, and that is a, a side note because I can't wait for Maxi to get back. You know, mm-hmm. I I love the the point and B, the point. You know, Ferk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready you for a point Maxi to get back and uh you know get a real point guard in this in the system here. And I and I do want Embiid to continue to build that chemistry with Maxi. Mm-hmm. I don't want them being apart from each other too long this season. But um, by the way, I did. Uh, oh, Austin Crowell tweeted before the show that um. Tyrese Maxey is not on the injury report tomorrow against Charlotte, so it's looking like he'll be back. Interesting. Good. So that that's good news. Obviously, Shake injured his back the other night. I'm not sure what has happened, you know, what the status is of that, but he's been out the last two games. And then um, who was the other who was the other one that I'm forgetting? Mac- oh, Seth. Seth was yeah, out, Seth was out last, night. last night. So he'll, he'll be back, I'm sure. Um want to take a look at a graphic that we kind of looked at, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Now, before we jump into this graphic, there's obviously a game that is missing. <laughs> missing a piece. Last night's game, <laughs> the Houston uh, Rockets that we played. So uh, when shit. we first looked at this graphic, Dylan, obviously we can see where the Sixers were. They were at the six seed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they have moved up to the five seed now, I believe. Is that correct? Five seed or four seed? Yeah, and they're like a game out of fourth, a game and a half out of third, two games out of second, or something. Two games like that out of right second. Now. So they are in the in the fifth seed right now. So they did move ahead of Cleveland. And if you look at this list of games, include that Rocket game, that Rockets game last night. They're six and zero during this stretch. They still have the Hornets, Celtics, uh, Miami Heat, and Wizards, and then the Magic in their next five. Um, so. What we we looked at this graphic and we said I think you said seven and three, mm-hmm. and so right now we're looking at what six and zero. Oh. Yeah, we're looking at six and zero oh, basically. Yeah, obviously it would be eleven games, so it would be a little bit different of a prediction. Yeah. But um, yeah, starting out six and zero, oh, what are your expectations over these next five games? What do you want to see? Uh slightly different between expectations and what I want to see. Um, obviously you look at the bottom part of that with the wizards on the road and the magic at home, those both have to be wins. I think they will be. So, you know, if you're okay with finishing this, this trip, this, um, stretch two and three, you know, I guess, uh, but that would mean losing the next three to Charlotte, Boston, Miami with two of those being at home. I think you got to go two and one over the next three. 
I think you got to take Charlotte, you know, at home, you got to win that game. And Boston's falling apart right now at this team's. Yeah. So you got to win that game. If you lose in Miami, I mean, I don't know. Miami has seemed to have a lengthy um, uh, injured list all year long. So I don't – injury report all year long. So I don't know what that's going to look like come the 15th. Um, but after the, I mean, after that Gabe Vincent outing, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, putting that, anything past the Miami Heat. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I um, mean, because they always throw that zone out there, man, and that's, yeah. I mean, that is a sixer killer. But you, you get my point, right? Like to me, to me, you got. You, let's make it eight straight. You take care of Charlotte at home, right? Right. You split the next two. E- even though Boston's falling apart right now, they're healthy with Tatum and Brown. You, you know, it, it's that rivalry you're never just going to say, okay, we, we're going to take care of the Boston Celtics tonight. You got to split between them and the Heat, and then you win the final two in Washington at home against Orlando. Right. And I'm ecstatic over this 11-game stretch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, looking at it from, you know, the perspective of before we got to where we are now. So if we just saw this as a clean slate as we originally did, we said, you know, seven and three, six and four would be positive. At that point, they were sitting at the sixth seed. Um, things weren't things weren't great, right? Now we look at it. They're on a seven game winning streak, and beat is on fire. You got uh, you know some reinforcements returning soon. I'm looking at these games, and I'm like, man, why can't we get to a ten game winning streak? You know, a, a twelve game winning streak. Like this is the opportunity of the season right now to create some separation and to gain some ground in the East. If you drop a game, you know, I I won't be mad if they drop a game, any of those three in the middle there, Celtics, Heat, Mm -hmm. or Wizards. If you drop one of those games, I'm okay with that. But at this point, I'm looking at the Celtics. That needs to be a W, especially at home. Okay. The Celtics are not good. They're the 10th in the East. They are below 500. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, of course. Why? Why that game, but the Wizards, you could see them. Like, why, why why flop the Celtics and the Wizards? I'm more scared. I know Boston's falling apart, but I'm more scared of Boston than I am. Oh, no. I, I agree with you 100%. I would I would also – so to be clear on what I'm saying, I'm saying they should win all three of those games. Okay. But what I'm saying is if they drop any one of those three, gotcha. I get it. You know what I mean? Like I get it if they lose to the Celtics on Friday just because maybe they're due for a loss. But like in reality, the shape that the Celtics are in right now, all the turmoil that's going on, they're barely beating the Pacers last night or who are trying to sell everybody. I, you know, they should beat the, they should beat the Celtics. They should beat the heat without Jimmy Butler, right? Like the, the, the heat without Jimmy Butler shouldn't beat this Sixers team. Yeah. The Wizards shouldn't beat the Sixers team. If they drop one in those three. I don't know, if, man. Montrez Harrell seemed a little unhappy last night. <laughs> hey, it, you know, it's almost a good thing that if he does come out and wants to act like he has a chance against yeah. Embiid because it just fuels Embiid more. Yeah. Like last night, I, I saw Christian Wood, you know, the, the previous Sixer. He, he played for the Sixers twice already. Um, and he was on like a five-game, 20-plus point streak. Last night, he ends the game with like 14, 14. points. Mm-hmm. Embiid just goes at his – so we talked about Daniel Tice. He exits the game. Christian Wood goes on Embiid. You, you definitely don't have a chance – Daniel Tice is get a your weight up, son. Embiid. Yeah, get your weight up. And and you saw it several times. Embiid just took Christian Wood straight to the paint. So Embiid is, is looking to feast on whoever gets in his way right now. So that's that's part of it, right? Like, I look at the, the Hornets. I'm like, we we play the Hornets tomorrow at home. Obviously, LaMelo's back. They still have uh, Miles Bridges out there. Terry Rozier's back, I think. Um, who's, who's guarding Embiid? 
You know what Cody I mean? Seller. Like who's guarding Embiid? And then Cody Seller. When you decide that you want to double team Embiid, here it comes. Your worst yeah. nightmare because you're double teaming Embiid, and we got guys that are going to hit right. open shots. So I'll tell you what, though, man. Looking at the schedule, I didn't realize the dates, and obviously, as as Eagles fans, we got the 14th and 15th with Sixers. 14th 16. and 15th, 16th uh, Eagles box playoffs, nice. 17th Wizards. Nice. Not too, so not too shabby. Big ass weekend coming up. <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. So I what would you say over the next five games? What would be the record that you want to see? What would be a over the next outcome? five? Um, I'd say with as hot as they are, I think four and one's feasible. Um I'm feeling three and two. Yeah. I'm feeling they drop two of these next five. But as hot as they are at the level that he's playing at, like that that's why I'm so high on this team as of right now. Yeah. Because of what I said in the first five minutes. Before, no, I'd be down and out like any given night the Sixers could play down to a team. And then obviously you got the Heat and the Celtics and the Hornets thrown in there. This could be rough, right? He's playing at such a high level and he's so dominant right now. You can't pick against them right now, no matter who they're playing. Oh, went a little premature there. <laughs> I thought I thought I had the uh, the the actual conferences up next, but it's all good. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I I think in reality, as far as them being the better team, right? They should go five to zero in reality. But um, well, I shouldn't say in reality, in theoretically, but in reality, I do agree with you. I think a four and one, three and two. As long as you keep it above 500 over the next uh, over the next five, I think I'll be happy because as you look at the overall picture, they dropped two of these what 11 games that we have talked about here. That's yeah. that's not a big deal at all. Um, the next thing I wanted to get to, Dylan, another rumor comes <laughs> out, and there's just been a plethora of rumors regarding the yeah, man. I'm done situation. with it. I'll believe something when I see something. Like I'm done <laughs> with the speculation. So it's, it's talks are heating up. Blah blah blah. Talks have come to a halt. Blah blah blah. The Sixers only want a few players. The Sixers have a list of 25 to 30 players. Like, come on. Like, when something Which, happens, when yeah. something's set in stone, I'll talk about. Like, this is getting nah, ridiculous. I, I feel you, and it, it seems like it's every day um, that something's coming out. Like. You start the day with this, right? 76ers trying right. to And it's a hundred different sources and a hundred different reporters. Exactly. Reading something different every day. But then right before we come on this show, what's Woj put out on ESPN? That there has been no movement. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to trust Woj over everyone. That's yeah. just the way the NBA world works. But um, just to talk about some of these, these rumors. Yeah. So, obviously, we had this one come out today. 76ers trying to include Tobias Harris in a trade of Ben Simmons. Over the past few days, we've seen John Collins and Cam Reddish for Ben Simmons. Would would we accept that? Obviously, we've heard the the Jalen Brown rumors. We've heard the Sacramento rumors. Um, I guess where I want to start here, I want to start with uh, the John Collins and, and Cam Reddish. Straight up, would you accept that trade for Ben Simmons? Let me read you their stats on the season. John Collins this season, 17 and a half points per game. 7.9 rebounds per game. He's actually shooting 42.7% from three, which is, is pretty good for him. Okay. Um, Cam Reddish, 11.9 points per game, 37.9% from three, which if I don't give you any other stats, it's because they're not worthwhile. Cam's numbers would definitely go up here. Um, yeah, I think so because too. Because there's a lot of mouths to feed in Atlanta offensively. Yeah. 
So here he'd have more of a role offensively. Um, dude, I mean, do I love the trade? Like day one, what I've said, yes. Do I want it? No. Again, you know, it's tough because did we really wait all this time, hold out on all this time for John Collins and Cam Radish? But I guess, like, right? Like, no, like, no, it's not the trade I want. But, yeah. like, if that's the offer and there's nothing else or nothing better, are you saying no and just like holding if, on? Are you like holding on to Ben till the offseason? Like, like yeah. if it's February 9th or, you know, February 10th, 3 p.m. and the trade deadline's at 4 p.m., are you accepting that trade just to help Embiid out? Like, we see this stretch that the Embiid and Sixers are on right now. Are you accepting this trade just to get him some help right now? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess so. But does that push the needle? Does that does John Collins and Cam Reddish get the Sixers team, you know, to where they want to get? I don't think about think about John Collins. I don't, I don't even like Harris. John Collins. I know. I hate. How's that supposed man? to work? I hate him, man. We got he clotheslines Joel Embiid on a dunk and then puts it on a T-shirt and that like why like I know the Hawks like that was a hot rumor that came out a couple days ago. There's no way. First of all, like think about this, right? Like th- it's all about money, by the way. Yeah. Right. And now would would Ben Simmons help the Hawks? Yeah. Atlanta does nothing but clown Ben Simmons. Yeah. You think Hawks fans are going to be happy and purchase tickets and buy merch with that trade? Right. Cause ask yourself, you know, look look at that series last season or last postseason. And obviously, I, I know the fits are one hundred percent different. I know John Collins' skill set is one hundred percent different. From right, and ben. now, and that, but like, who was more successful not... in that series? No, I feel that. You know what but I mean? I mean, if you ask me, who the better basketball player is, it's, it's two Ben five. Simmons, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Then what happens with the lineup? Oh, we're know. starting him and Toby next. We're having two power forwards next to Embiid. Like, well. That that to me is like at the bottom of my list of yeah. what I would say yes to. But if there's nothing else, like if I said, nothing else you would take. Ben's not coming you. back. Ben's not going to play. Why would you know what I mean? So yeah, you're you're adding those two for a guy that's not playing at all. So I don't know. So let's let's move on to the Tobias we'll say, Harris article. To give you an answer, we'll say yes. Okay, we'll say right. we'll say yeah. I guess. And and I can get the reasoning on both sides because one, you just want to get goddamn something, right? Like we want some type of production with all this money that's just sitting on the bench right now. And I know you're a huge Cam fan, so I am a huge Cam fan. I said fam because <laughs> I used to be part of the Cam fam when he was at Duke, but I am a huge Cam fan. And uh, as you mentioned, I think he has a ton of upside. Um, and and I think he would explode in Philly just because. I think, to put it in a more lame sense, Cam Reddish, I think, is the better piece than John Collins. Like, John Collins, I could see as a piece you trade for, and then you just move him. But Cam Reddish, I think, is a piece you trade for, and you keep him for the long run, and I think you let him Mm. develop beside Embiid and Maxi and all those guys. Right. Um, Moving on to just this specific Tobias Harris article, obviously, I I read through it. The, the The moral of the story is that Yes, the Sixers will explore it. It's not realistic. They have close to $70 million between Ben and Tobias. So obviously not one team can take on both of those guys. It would have to be a three-team trade. Um, And that is basically the Sixers conceding the season. Like it's a last-ditch attempt, clearing cap space, 
And then the focus shifts to the offseason where they pursue James Harden. So now my follow-up question to that is on the other end of the scope where you can get John Collins, Cam Reddish, or you can get uh, De'Aaron Fox or a Halliburton from Sacramento, whatever the case may be, or you play your cards and you wait, you deal Toby, you deal Ben, um, you know, you get whatever in return just to clear the cap. And then you basically concede this season, despite the way Embiid's playing, because obviously if you don't have those two guys, you're not going to win a championship. Um, And then you go after James Harden, who would, one, have to opt out of Brooklyn, and then, two, decide to come and play with Daryl Morey and and Embiid and and play for the Sixers. He would have to choose the Sixers. Um, So when you're thinking about it from that standpoint, which option would you prefer? (laughs) You know what I mean? Listen, man. Is it worth waiting for? It James goes Harden? against how realistic every, is that? It goes against everything I've I've argued for, right? Like I'm not okay watching what Embiid's doing and just throwing in the towel on this season, yeah, and, and holding out, right? In the moment, I'd hate it. Come summertime, and we do acquire James Harden. Holy <laughs> shit, we're going to the NBA championship! Like that's the mindset, right? So it, it's very difficult. I'm not okay with conceding the season. Yeah. If you told me, you know, this this is the layout. This is what will happen if you move Toby, Ben, concede the season. Harden yeah. is going to sign with the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, yes, I probably wait because well, I don't want to concede the season. I know what you mean. But is yeah. John Collins and Cam Reddish – giving you, you know, a better chance in this season than just holding out till the summer and then having James Harden and Joel for the next two to three seasons, even though I don't want to give up this season with how great he is. Yeah. I'd I'd wait if that's the definitive plan. No, I'm not throwing darts at the wall. And like we're saying, this is what could happen. Hell no, I'm not okay with that. Right. But behind the scenes, if you know this is how things are going to play out, yeah, I'd probably choose the latter, which is wait for James Harden in the summer, then trade for John Collins right now. I just in, now, in, now, if you're like ahead. now, if you're like Jalen Brown right now or James Harden in the summer, it's Jalen Brown right now. If you know what I mean, right? But like, if you're throwing me that package that I barely want from Atlanta, even the Kings, like the Kings is better than the Atlanta one, but yeah. Is Halliburton and Heald getting the Sixers through a championship, or do I just wait till June or July for James Harden? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's how I imagine Maury has to think, right? Like, that's what he's like. He's like, because if you look at Daryl Maury, his resume, his career, it's all going to rely on how he handles if he wins this situation, right? Because He's elongated this whole situation. We originally got an offer of a 13th pick mm-hmm. in Malcolm Brogdon to start the summer. And if you would look back at that right now in hindsight, you'd probably take it at this point. Right. With how it's played out now. With yeah. How it's played out. And so when we look back after Ben Simmons is finally traded, whatever the package may be, Daryl Morey is going to be under the telescope, right? Like everybody's going to be looking in. How did he handle this situation? It doesn't matter what Ben did how did Daryl Morey handle this situation? And if we end up getting like a John Collins and a Cam Reddish back, 
He's going to get pinned. all this time. He's going to get pinned on the cross, man. Right. <laughs> and and that's that's what that's that's my point when you that's my point when you're when you're optioning the two against each other, right? Right. He's going to get pinned on the cross for both in Regardless. the moment. Yeah, in, in the, the moment. Because if he's not trading second by the deadline, option, fans are going to be pissed. Right. But the second option people will be rushing to get him off the cross. Exactly. Helping him down when that second option would happen. I just again, you would have to know yeah. this is the plan. This and is like, what's happening. And, and and if it isn't hard, and what's the backup plan? Right. right. Like right. Is it then Jalen Brown? Yeah. That's like, a lot to put all your eggs in one basket, right? right? Like James Harden. James Harden is going to opt out for right. Brooklyn, right? Like is he gonna opt out right. for Brooklyn? We don't know right. that, right? Like that, like, there is like, a lot of Didn't James Harden there. have a lot of say in where he went the deadline? Definitely did. Definitely did. And where'd he choose? He definitely picked Brooklyn, okay. right? He wanted to go play with KD and Kyrie. Okay. So now why a summer later is he going to opt out? Make that make sense. Here? I don't know. I don't I don't know what happened. Maybe Brooklyn did just offer something better and the Rockets were like, hey, you know, listen, man, sorry. But and maybe maybe Maury does have this very special connection with James Harden that we're underestimating. Right. Maybe and right. we'll, maybe we'll the Rockets weren't maybe the, the Rockets weren't going to deal with Maury. Harden said, "I'll go here for the year, try to win a chip, or two years, try to win a chip." Yeah, what yeah. I don't know. This is all hypothetical. But it's all hypothetical. Why, it, it's it's cool to talk about, but it's also very frustrating to talk about because I've been waiting so goddamn yeah. long for this to be over. It's like beating your head on a brick wall. That's mm-hmm. what it really feels like, honestly, because we just sit here and go through all these scenarios, and it's going to be some off-the-wall scenario that we didn't expect in the first yep. place. 100%. So it's a, it's a sticky situation. Um, and then on the other side of it, I, I don't know how you know realistic it is to think that you're going to move Tobias and Ben, right? Like $70 million right. in contracts there. So we'll see. But James Harden, I mean – to look back and look at where we are now, I think I want James Harden more now than I did, you know, a year ago at the deadline. Like a year ago at yeah. the deadline, I feel like I was part of the crowd that was saying, like, no, I'm not including Ben Simmons in that deal. Right. And Maxi was a part of it. So, like, and that's Maxie the point, and right? Teams. If you got to wait, all you're losing is Toby and you're adding Harden to Maxi and Bede, et cetera. Yeah, right. that's a good point. Because imagine, Again, I mean, I'm so not, I, I'm pinning Daryl to the cross too. I'm part <laughs> of that crowd. I'm with you because I'm not okay right now conceding this season at I'm all. With you until he gets James Harden, but, he will be on that cross. Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Because because again, you had you just have to be a little rational rather than just thinking about this season. Yeah, just because they make a trade. Does that mean that puts the Sixers in title contention? No, John Collins right. and Cam Reddish probably don't do that. Right. Next year, does James Harden next to Joel Embiid make the Sixers probably finals favorites? Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. So you have to be a little rational with it, even though you don't want to wait. Just like for hypothetical reasons, obviously, like we, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no solidarity now, that hold, comes to this, real quick. this rumor, right, of James Harden, but. Just imagine those two playing together. I mean, right, but but, but real quick, does it get Daryl off the cross 
Because what if the rumors are true and he wasn't willing to give up Ben for Harden? If, if he would have given up Ben last year for Harden, we'd have James Harden already right now. And now all this played out where Ben won't come back yeah. and now we're waiting for to move Ben forward. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's some does people it that even get, that does it that even too. get him off the cross? Because what if that's the case? What if we could have had him a year ago, but he wasn't willing to give up the dude that won't show up now, and this is what why we're trying to acquire him again? Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's stuff sticky, that bro. it's stuff that won't come out until Ben Simmons is gone. That's as soon as Ben Simmons is out the door, we're gonna get a, a bunch of articles, we're gonna get a bunch of information that we would have wished we would have had throughout this whole process. Um, so it's just a it's a waiting game right now, which is the you know the most annoying waiting game that I've ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at this one hypothetical trade where I think this is actually something that's realistic. Now, you know what they what, what they always say, the rule of thumb regarding mock trades is that it isn't a good mock trade if each fan base doesn't complain a little bit. Yeah. So I think I think this is one of those mock trades. I think that you know the Pacers would probably say they're not getting Pacers fans would say they're not getting enough in return for Miles Turner, TJ Warren. But in reality, you're getting Robert Williams, who is on a similar track to Miles Turner. Matisse Thibel is an all-world defender. Obviously, he lacks on the right. on the all. TJ Warren hasn't played in how long? And you get two you get two first round picks. You get one right. from Philly, which won't you're be rebuilding. That good. You get one from Boston that should be pretty good. And then, you know, the Celtics get Ben Simmons, Miles Turner, TJ Warren. I don't know why they would complain. I think, you know, looking at that, that's a pretty solid return. You get TJ Warren. Uh, if TJ Warren ends up healthy. Right. Yeah. He balances out Ben uh, Simmons' deficiencies. Like, I mean, you're talking about Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, TJ Warren, Miles Turner, and what? Marcus Smart, potentially. Right. You still have Schroeder. You still like. That's a yeah, pretty nice ba- squad. Boston, I think, would be okay. <laughs> It's a pretty nice squad. And then obviously, um, obviously yeah. we're okay. I'm chilling. Yeah. I got what yeah. I wanted. Merry Christmas. The other rule of thumb regarding mock trades is the team that gets the best player in the deal wins the trade. And that's what you're seeing in Philadelphia's case there. They get Jalen Brown. That's the one piece that they get. They give up a first, Matisse and Ben. Nothing is stopping me in that package. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> and he's not going to Boston. He's going to Indiana. So that's another, yeah. like, that's to, a plus. To quote, to quote um, Scotty, argue with a wall. <laughs> nope. Say it, Tease. Because my thing is, Jalen Brown can, like, okay, I'm not going to go that far to say Jalen Brown can do anything Matisse can do defensively. Like, no, obviously, Matisse instincts are, are on a different level defensively. But, I mean, Jalen Brown sweeps him under the rug offensively, obviously. And he's still a lengthy, athletic, great defender uh, at the wing position. So, yeah, Jalen Brown, I've, I've been saying this for a couple, maybe a month now, a couple weeks at least. Jalen Brown is the prized possession at this point for me. Um, now, obviously, James Harden, he's not going to get traded. He's more of a free right. agency option at the end of the season, so I'm not considering him in the conversation. But even when I compare like a, like a Dame or Beal, Beal's a conversation because I just I don't know how available he really would be, but Beal is is a conversation with Jalen Brown. But as far as like a guard or a wing, right? I think that the Sixers should be looking for a wing ideally in this situation, and I think Jalen Brown would be the perfect fit. Besides, say a uh, 
what uh, Tyrese Maxey, Seth, Jalen Brown, yeah. Toby, Joel Embiid. Listen, that's a monster I lineup. Scotty, I don't get how it doesn't happen. Not this it makes trade. too much sense. Not, not this trade. Yeah, but I just don't get. Boston is tearing at the seams right now. Yeah, they're falling apart. All the rumors and speculation are that the duo is getting broken up. Why would you not do this? And you know the Sixers are on board because you know the Sixers. He's one of the coveted names that they'd want. Yeah. Why? How? How this doesn't happen by trade deadline? I don't know. Boston has no championship aspiration. They should. They have to know. Yeah, we have all the talent. These two dudes have all the talent in the world. We have Schroeder. We have Smart. We have Hort, blah blah blah. It's not working. We're yeah. blowing it up after the season in terms of these two. Why, Why would it not happen now? Why would you not pull yeah. the trigger on Ben Simmons? Yeah. What if call Philly and Ben Simmons? And I know you're not going to like it. Well, because they'd both be going there. But Ben and Matisse, we yeah. got a deal. Hell yes, we yeah. have a deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how the money would play out, but the, the money between Brown and Ben has to be semi similar. It's right? got to be similar. Yeah. It, it's got to be similar. And, you know, with Matisse, Matisse is, is such an interesting prospect. Like, love the guy's character, love his personality. He's awesome, love, dude. Love his defense. He's awesome. But let's tangible. get real. Let's yeah. get real. Why are the six? If Matisse was this great player that, that, that can't be thrown in for, for one of these guys like Jalen Brown. Why are the Sixers not in championship contention right now? Exactly. Like, if he was held to that standard where some of this fan base holds him to, how are they not already in the conversation? Yeah. Because he's so good that we can't get rid of him for anybody. You know what, you know what Sixers fans and, you know, just be, NBA minds in general need to realize is that on this Sixers team, they have to eliminate these one-sided products that they have on the team. Like, the Ben Simmons it's great defensively. He's great until you get to the playoffs and he freezes on offense. Matisse Stiebel is great on a night. Like Ty Johnson said it best on Faithful Fanatics, right? One night out of the seven games that you're going to play the Warriors if you met them in the finals, He'll be Matisse great. will get the best of Steph on defense, right? The other six nights, Steph is going to score 30 points no matter what. It's an offensive league. You can throw Ben Simmons on him. He's going to score 30 points every single night because good, great scores find ways to score. And that's what we need to start realizing. Defense is great. I've been saying that, man. Defense I, is great. It's great. I love it. But I'm so tired of that argument. Well, we Who's going to guard who? What has he gotten us so far? A second-round exit every year. Exactly. What What has this defensive prowess got us? Not only did you not – for the last two years now, three years now, you've had Ben and Matisse, and you got an all-NBA defensive center yeah. anchoring down your defense. What has it gotten you? Three defensive nothing. anchors right there, right? Nothing. And Switch nothing it the hell up. I understand the worries. Well, who's going to guard KD? Who's I get that's a worry. Yeah. That, that's 100% a worry. But you know what makes me feel better? Having someone on our own side that can go and match KD with 30 exactly. next to Joel Embiid. Exactly. Because like you said, Scotty, you're never going to stop them. You're never going to stop KD. You can slow them down a little bit. You're never going to stop them. A game, sure. We saw Matisse do it to Steph the last time the Sixers played the Warriors. Exactly. He was awesome on Steph. That's one freaking game. It's okay? one game, man. You're never going to stop them. Let me get someone in here that can match it. 
And and let's be honest, these this def- this coaching staff that the Sixers have put together, they're great coach. It's a great coaching staff defensively. They have Dan they'll, they'll Burke. Figure something out. Figure yeah, exactly. Out. That's what I'm saying. Like Dan Burke can figure it out. You have Joel Embiid as your anchor. Yeah. You figure it out. When we're talking about Jalen Brown, like that's my thing with the Jalen Brown conversation. You'll have Sixers fans tell you that Matisse is untouchable. In what fucking world? But that's my point, Scotty. What so world? the people. So again, I would I would ask these people that are no, we can't trade this person, and we who's going to guard KD? If that was so damn important, if that was such a key to have locked up, why does why no we, one view are? the Sixers? As championship contenders. 100%. Because they don't have enough. So these people want to keep Matisse's defense. They want to keep someone's defense and still add a 30-point score. You got to get to give, bro. Exactly. So, like, what do you want? You want to give up Maxi then? Like, if Matisse's defense is so important, throw Maxi in the equation then. No, no, no. We can't do that either. <laughs> then what do you want to do? Then we're stuck here. We're stuck in limbo because you're not changing anything. Am I guaranteeing you a championship because they add Jalen Brown? No, I'm not. But you have a hell of a better chance with that than you do right now. And if Matisse Seibel was so damn great and important and his defense means the world, why are they not viewed as championship contention now? And you can't just say, well, we got to add something to all of it. How? Give me the plan. Who are you moving to bring them in? Because clearly just saying here's Ben Simmons isn't bringing you a a superstar. Exactly. You got to get to give. Exactly. And, you know, to your point, you know, just looking at this, I'm if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm literally on the phone with Boston and I'm on the phone with Indiana every day until the trade deadline. Till we get something figured out. Because there's no reason. Every morning, bro. I'll, I'll annoy the morning. hell out of you. Every, every morning. Every single morning. I'll make an offer, right? No, thanks. Hang up. Next day, we got a deal. Nope. Hang up. What do you next think day, today? Next day, oh, you just blew a 20-point lead last night. You could really use a six-foot-10 point guard. Right. No. Okay. Next day. Every day. Yo, Indiana, what do we need to do to get Sabonis involved to Boston here to make this happen? Right? Yeah. There's no way Boston can say no to Ben Simmons and Sabonis, right? No. What do we need to do to make that happen? How many first round picks? How many Matisse Stibles? Right? Like, in right, the- like, like, what's next, Scotty? Like, they'll, they'll want Ben and three first round picks. Oh, I can't okay. give up three first round picks. See, no. Yeah, I'm doing that all day. Period. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, get Jalen Brown man. in a Sixers uniform. That that is my like. That's my motto for this show today. Get Jalen Brown in a Sixers uniform. Save him from Boston. Did and save and beat in Philly. Part, right? It, I love that. Like the, the, it's fun, to, right? But I just got seriously angry for a second thinking about the fans that like don't want to change anything. And meanwhile, the Sixers are on a seven-game winning streak. This equation, this this scenario needs to be put to bed. Daryl, do something yeah. major yeah. quickly. You like 100%. that plug? That was good. I know 100%. it was. Do something major, Daryl, and get his ass out of here and give me, bring me and this city, Jalen Brown, and let's go make a freaking run. Exactly. And, and you know, to be clear, I think Jalen Brown, yeah, Jalen and Embiid, yeah. Which we look at, look at Jalen Brown, for instance, last night against Indiana, 26 points, 15 rebounds, six assists. Everybody tells me he doesn't pass the ball. He had six assists last night. Um, 
I'm I'm just I'm I'm looking around the league and thinking about what I want the most. And I think Jalen Brown does take them to that championship aspirations. I, I really do 100%. believe it. I do believe it. One hundred and ten percent. Am I guaranteeing? Am I calling the Sixers favorites? No. No. You got yeah. the Warriors, the Suns, the Nets, the Bucks. The the but guess what, Scotty? They're in the conversation. Exactly. And if you're in the conversation and you have the most dominant big in the world in Joel Embiid next to Jalen Brown, who can give you 25 to 30 a night. Yeah. Holy shit. And bro, honestly, I think, you know, if they, if they were ever able to get and, something done, let's let, real quick, not to cut you off, but guess what that does, Scotty, because this scenario isn't the opening up cap space for James Harden scenario. So I know we're all frustrated frustrated with them, but that makes number twelve now the third or fourth option offensively, exactly. not the bat, not the Robin to Embiid's Batman, and that changes the, the dynamic now, right? That might make him more effective. Exactly. Toby's eighteen to twenty points per game become that much better when they're the third highest, not the second highest on the team. Exactly, and maybe maybe by adding a Jalen Brown, Toby's averages drop to like a sixteen or fifteen. Toby gets those that, mismatches again. That maybe we saw that sixteen last year. or fifteen is the most efficient version of Tobias, right? right? Like maybe that's what happens. Right. So yeah, and you still have I'm Seth, you. and you still have Maxi, and you still and have bro, Yang and Drummond. And bro, I would at that point you can consider now. As you get closer to the deadline, you can consider moving some of these younger pieces for veteran pieces to fill in beside 100%. these guys. You 100%. traded Paul Reed in a in an Isaiah Joe for a, a nice right. solid wing defender or something. You know, you can do those things once you move Ben Simmons. That's the piece that is holding this whole thing up that we call the Philadelphia 76ers. So I am with you. Um, real quick before we end the show, Dylan. I know I got you over an hour already. Got the uh, every standings time, here. Every I the, time. I got the standings here, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, right beside each other. Um, these are the most up-to-date. Um, really just wanted to talk about, obviously, we had Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving returning to play over the last two weeks. Um, as you look at this, these playoff rank or these, these seedings in each conference, how do you think this affects the NBA as a whole? Clay returning to the Golden State Warriors. Are they now the runaway favorite in the West? Um, you look at Brooklyn in the East, they're number two to Chicago right now. Chicago's been balling to start the season. Is Brooklyn now the clear-cut favorite with a part-time Kyrie? Like, what are what are your thoughts just seeing them one return to the league? Like, what does it mean for the NBA? And then two, what does it mean for the, you know, the the Western Conference and Eastern Conference as a whole? Let's start with Kyrie, because I don't sweat that. Um, does it give Brooklyn a few more wins? Yeah, it does, right? They're still going to be a top two seed in the East. They're going to be dominant, right? But right. let's not forget, he he's part-time. Like you said, he can't right. play at home, and he cannot play in cities that have these mandates. Uh, right. Let's talk about our city, Philadelphia. Just had the new mandate start January 3rd. Guess who can't play in Philadelphia? Yeah. Kyrie Irving. So let's just take that, right? Sixers meet the Nets in the playoffs. He's still not vaccinated. He can't play a single yeah game in that series part-time give them a few more wins it's exciting getting getting to see those three play again as a basketball fan is cool it doesn't do anything for me unless he's back full-time clay oh boy oh boy and i love the warriors like anyone i i know some people that can't stand steph can't stand the warriors not the hell out of here bro they're 30 and 9 they are 30 and 9 Without 
well, they were 29 and 9, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Without him. You have Steph playing at an MVP type level. I don't know at what percent Clay's back. I don't know what he's going to be able to produce night in and night out. If he's going to need multiple nights off here and there, I don't know. Draymond, we all know what Draymond Green does. But it's not just those three anymore, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins can put 20-plus on your head on any yeah. given night. Jordan Poole can put 20-plus on your head on any given night. They're deep on their bench. They're so damn good defensively. And they're mixed with young and veterans. It's dude, nice mix. Dude, yes. So Kyrie, no, doesn't change much for me. Clay adding to that team, uh, favorites in the West. Yeah. Because I think when you look at the Warriors without Clay. You you're probably looking at like a toss up between like them and Phoenix and them yeah. and like Utah. Right, you Utah, could throw Utah healthy. in the mix, right? Which the you know looking at the West, this is like very. It, doesn't it just look odd? Oh, like, so, well, that it looks odd because of who number four is. I said that to you, right? Were. Memphis. At I the mean, four. my God, Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> they're for are, real, man. They're they're dangerous. They're, they're ahead of schedule, bro. They're um, dangerous. But it and definitely it looks weird because obviously the, you got the Mavericks. Right. I mean, you got the Lakers with all their struggles in the world right now. Um, which all I can look at and look at Portland down there at 10. Right. The Clippers, obviously, not Kawhi. PG's been out. COVID, they're struggling. Uh, Minnesota being 20 and 20 is kind of odd. Um, but uh, that number 17 is funny, man. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I I argued with George Ryder about it again last night. Alcohol may or may not have been involved in the conversation. What about like what? What about specific? Oh, just the you know the the good old goat talk. Oh, okay. George and, and uh, LeBron. Le- yeah, LeBron yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro. Yeah, gotcha. and you know it's just hilarious to me. Like right. let's let's look at that Western Conference, right? And let's look at number seven. You do realize. He handpicked his situation right now, right? He handpicked that situation right now. The 9,000 offseason acquisitions he signed, all his friends he brought in, that's him. You think they trade for Russell Westbrook without him saying, get me Russell Westbrook? Hell to the no, they don't. He did that. And all this mess, it's Russ, it's Braun, it's AD. He's the mastermind behind it all. And regardless, dude, throw fit out the freaking window. You're barely a 500 team. (laughs) With you, the greatest player of all time. With Anthony Davis and with Russell Westbrook. I know a lot of people have different opinions about Russell Westbrook. That's not a 500 team. Throw fit out the window. Yeah. That is hilarious to me. You know what else? I brought this up. The other day, me, me and my uncle were talking about it, and it's it's hilarious to think, right? And it's not like a fair argument at all. It's just really funny. So, like, you know how everyone talks about the longevity, LeBron in year 17? Yeah. It's incredible. Do not get me wrong. But let's think about this realistically for a second. One dude probably pays hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars and spends all this time and, and energy into staying in the physique that he's in. And good for him, right? But that's why he's able to play till year 17. Mm-hmm. Another dude 
smoked cigars and drank a 12 pack of Bud Light on a golf course the day of a playoff game and then went and dropped six. Like, do you get, the, do you get my point? Like, there's a reason the longevity's not there. One dude smoked and drank his way through through just <laughs> mowing down the league, and the other dude spends millions of dollars to stay in top physique. Get the hell out of here, bro. Yeah, like give give Michael Jordan the the resources that right. LeBron has these days. Right. And right? I mean Mike, like, Mike wouldn't it have is, utilized that's a, that's the a whole different conversation. Mike wouldn't have utilized the resources. He didn't get come on, he didn't care, bro. Right. But like think about that for a second though. Dude literally is on a golf course the day before or the day of a playoff game, smoking cigars and drinking, pounding Bud Lights, gambling, and then goes and puts 55 on your head in a playoff game. And so, you know, the just because we're talking about LeBron and, you know, whatever, I, I, I know people might watch this segment and we'll maybe we'll clip this up and, and you know, put please, it everywhere. But please. please, please tell me what LeBron is like better than Embiid at at this point. Like Embiid? Yeah, Embiid. Like, it's a conversation. Like, because when I talk to, like, Lakers fans, they'll sit here and tell me, like, nah, we got the GOAT. Like, he's the most dominant player. He's still the best player in the world. Like, uh, no, no the conversation has shifted. No, like, it's KD. It's Steph. Yeah. It's Giannis. Like, right. it's not LeBron. Like, LeBron is still a great player. He's still probably, what, top, six, top, top five, five, top six. Yes, but like when I'm when we're having conversations, there's there's levels to play now. And when I look and I watch and B go out here every single night dropping 30 plus on mid-range jump shots, taking people to the post. 13 of 13 point, from the free throw line. 13 get into the free throw line 10 plus right. times. 11 game, assists, four shooting blocks. threes, like passing up. It's it, like this is something that we have to talk about, and I'm being dead ass serious when I say that Embiid is the most dominant player on the surface of the planet. He's the most dominant player on the planet. Gian like I said, Giannis is in the conversation. KD's in the conversation. I prefer KD than Giannis, um, mm -hmm. just because when you talk about skill, when we bring okay, so we can talk about freaks of nature, right? Giannis, KD, Joel Embiid, all what seven feet tall, all mm. freaks of nature can can get up and down the court like a guard, right. can handle the ball. When we talk about shooting ability, Embiid and KD are in a different ballpark. When we talk about go-to moves, Embiid and KD are in a different ballpark. And so I'm I'm looking at all this, and my head's just been spinning, Dylan, watching Embiid go off lately, and uh, I. I've come to the conclusion I'm not going to sit here and hide from it anymore. I'm not no. going so, to lie to myself. Let's preface it like this. Let's you know what I mean? Like Can we definitively say he's he's the best player? He's the most dominant player? No, I can't definitively tell you that. But it's a conversation. It's a there conversation. is no laughing it off because we're Sixers fans. No, if you laugh it off, you're you're most likely a J.O. and you don't care and you're yeah. just being a troll. Like, you get my point. Like it's a conversation. Some people don't even put him in his in their top five. Some people don't even right. put Embiid in their top five players I mean, in the league. Scotty, literally five days ago, Rudy Gobert was number four in the MVP conversation. Joel Embiid was ten. Like, are, yeah, are we like being what? are we being for real, dude? Like, come on. Like, take all your animals. By the way, <laughs> another issue. Another issue I have with fan bases. The fan vote needs to disappear. Now I've said it for for Derek four Rose, or five I've years now. Team, it yeah. needs to go, dude. It's not just Derrick Rose. Scott oh, I know. Clay, yeah, Clay Thompson. Tyrese just, played one game. Clay Thompson games. just came back for one game, and he's like number four in backcourt voting for the West for the Western Conference. 
(laughs) Make it make sense, man. Like, I I agree. Like, if you're going to give out these accolades and then hold them as, like, measurements of their career, like, when they're about to get, you know, when they're about to get decided on if they're going to get added to the Hall of Fame or inducted to the Hall of Fame, I should say, then we got to fix these accolades. We can't have fans voting on players getting into the Hall of Fame ultimately, right? Like, if this player has 10 all-star nods, he goes into the Hall. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The popularity contest. I I have the the vote that I saw right here. Okay. So the Eastern Conference front court. Nothing really looks out of place to me. I mean, Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Jimmy. Jared Allen's getting some respect, of course. Bam, Miles Bridges. Um, Aldridge probably shouldn't have 111,000 votes. Vucevic <laughs> is 10. Let's get to the guards, right? Now, DeRozan, Harden, Trey Young, Levine, LaMelo's got a popular vote. Okay, sure. Number six, Kyrie Irving's barely played this year. Number seven, Benchman Derek Rose. Number eight, Tyler Hero with 122,000 votes. Darius Garland's behind them all. Fred Van Viet. Fred Van Vliet's behind both of them. Explain that to me. Who is more deserving to be an all-star this year? One of those two or Kyrie Irving, Derrick Rose, and Tyler Hero? Okay, let's move over. Let's see. LeBron, of course, number one, right? He's going to be a captain because it's LeBron. Paul George is number three. Really? I mean, hasn't PG missed a lot of time? He, yeah, he has been injured lately. He's he started like on an MVP. Well, I mean, I mean, we can we can, we can keep it going, man. Uh, how about uh, Anthony Davis at number six? He hasn't probably played the in worst. <laughs> not to mention probably the worst year of his career in a long, yeah. long time. He's number six. Carmelo Anthony is number eight. <laughs> Who else I got for you? Oh, here we go. Steph, Luca, Ja, Clay. Number four just came back for one game. Um, Russell Westbrook, who no one can stand, is on the list. Damian Lillard, who season might be over. Portland has 16 wins. He hasn't been very good. He's on the list at number seven. Like, where's Devin Booker? He's up there. He's up there. Uh, sorry. Devin oh, Booker. okay. So you're, okay, I got it. But you. he's not. Devin Booker's number five. After Clay, like The what? best player on the second Best record in the NBA Donovan is the Mitchell. fifth guard. Donovan Mitchell's number seven. Chris Paul's number six. All right. I mean, I just had. To, I just wanted to throw that out there. Make it make sense. Uh, I mean, that's all we can say about it. Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense, and that's what people just it just. Uh, I don't get me started. <laughs> all right, man. It, it's we're we're pushing an hour and a half here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are. It's time to end it. We we were talking about Clay and Kyrie. I mean, right. it's we're hard not to go. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how Clay ends up panning out. Just because I, I for one, just want to see him stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that that Warriors team is going to be good regardless. And uh, Kyrie, I think Brooklyn will be good regardless. But it will be interesting to see if it kind of messes up their rhythm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you're playing one night with a guy that can get you 22, I mean, 23 points, and then all of a sudden you're not. I mean, real quick, night before, night. I know we got to wrap up, but like, I'm just, I just can't believe they're allowing it. Like Steve Nash earlier in the year was no. Yeah. No, th- this is our group. They show up every day to work, blah, blah, blah. 
you're you've been the number one or number two seed in the Eastern Conference all year long. It's not like you're struggling for to win games, blah blah blah. And all of a sudden you're like, we need Kyrie. So the only thing that I saw, and, and it kind of makes sense, like I get where he's coming from, but it is funny that he's just like backtracking. Like, okay. <laughs> like why? Yeah, like you said, like at the beginning of the season, this is not what you were singing. Yeah. But he's like, we're, we're signing all these guys a two-way, 10-day contracts. He's like, what's the difference between them as a part-time player and Kyrie as a part-time player? So, like, I well, get I it, mean, one, but down the stretch, it's I mean, gonna... listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy to talk to about mandates and vaccinate vaccination status but like those guys are following the rules the nba has put in place one is going against them and you're basically rewarding him because he's a superstar over these (laughs) 10 day contract guys you do what you want your team i'm just saying do what you want (laughs) but morality is a thing yeah no i'm with you i'm with you i definitely feel that um anything else before we get out of here tonight dylan no, no, I think we covered just about everything. No, um, just some quick plugs. Uh, yeah. The Faithful Fanatic Show, me and Gint will be back live tomorrow here on DSM Media at 5 p.m. Breaking down, uh, you know, the latest going on with the 76ers that Scotty and I did tonight. And also diving into this Sunday's playoff game between the Eagles and the Bucks, And then Thursday at 5 on the Faithful Fanatic Show, uh, ESPN's Paul Hembikitis, a.k.a. Hembo, yes, will sir. be joining us. Uh, to talk about that playoff matchup and probably some uh, ongoing stuff with the 76ers as well. And, of course, check us out on Twitter at DSM underscore media. Look at our pinned tweet and just follow the simple steps to be entered for a chance to win our uh, one of the prizes or multiple of the prizes in our major Eagles playoff giveaway. We're raffling off a Devontae Smith black alternate uh, jersey along with a Devontae Smith uh, framed picture. We we're raffling off a Brian Dawkins tie-dye Mitchell and Ness t-shirt. We're raffling off a Randall Cunningham Mitchell and Ness tie-dye t-shirt. And we're also raffling off a Nike Eagles 2021 playoffs t-shirt. All you have to do is follow or subscribe on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Like the video, retweet the tweet, whatever the rules are for each site, and you'll be entered for a chance to win tonight only. If you follow those steps on any of the social media platforms, you will be your name will be entered twice. Uh, tonight only to get in for that so guys go check it out it's that simple and um something to kind of note you know just regarding youtube for all of our people that are already subscribed it's not that you're left out just comment do something major yeah yeah yeah, yeah. literally uh and we'll get you entered in as well so just to be clear, you yeah, know, I know it's not Chile, new followers only. Yeah, it's exactly. Not new followers only. A lot of you, a lot of you, uh, a yes. lot of you guys are here with us every time, and we will reward you as well. Like, right. just just comment, do something major in the in the comments there, and we'll get you involved. But um, yes, definitely a great plug there. And then, did you did you plug Sunday as well? We got to open. No, I didn't. Sunday. So yes, so may as well get ahead of it now. Sunday morning, ten a.m. live here on DSM Media uh, Turf Talk, which is where we'll, we will be raffling off these great prizes. Uh, guys, biggest Eagles pregame show of the season. Scotty and I will be hosting it. Come hang out with us. Whether you want to, you want to tune in in the comment section and engage with us there. Feel free to do that. If you want to pop in for a few minutes. You know, just audio. You don't have to show your face if you don't want to. Just pop in with your cell phone on the audio. We will be dropping the link in the comment section. At talk about the game, your predictions, your you know how excited you are. Ask us any questions, and feel free to uh, do that. 
Um, and we'll, we'll be having uh, a lot of Eagles fans hopefully joining us. And exactly, there you go, Will. Hashtag we do go. something major. It's literally that simple, guys, to win um, a couple very nice prizes. Yes, sir. So definitely see you all on Sunday, as Willie said there. Um, Chile, Grizzlies over the Warriors tonight. I think the Warriors are two-point favorites. No Draymond, but no uh, no Dylan Brooks, no Steven Adams for the Grizzlies. I'm going Warriors. I'm going to go Warriors. Yeah, I'm going to go Warriors. It's in Memphis, so it'll be an interesting one, definitely one to watch, but I'm going to go Warriors in that one. So they they should keep that that lead in the uh, Western Conference there. But, um, yes, that, that's all for tonight. Enough house cle- uh, housekeeping, house cleaning. Oh, my goodness, I'm get, getting confused between my words there. But um, for myself, Dylan, make sure uh, you're following Dylan on Twitter, at DylanJD98, and myself, at Scotty Drowned. Make sure you're tapped into all of DSM Media's social media platforms. You already know. Find the link tree. But first, start at Twitter. That's our most popular uh, uh, social media platform. Mm-hmm. You'll find all of our links there to IG, TikTok, all of the above. Um, But that's at DSM underscore media. And finally, um, as you know, we are partnered with Manscaped. So make sure to head over to manscaped.com. Use code Scotty to get 20% off and free shipping. Um, Other than that, guys, have a great night. That's going to be it for this episode of Scotty Talks NBA. (laughs) 